Welcome to Pacific Waves. Coming up. Why would you do it in the middle of people's um, educational pathways? Uh, why would you do that? It creates a whole lot of uncertainty for students. The Greens have called for an urgent meeting with government over the plight of 42 West Papua students who have had their autonomous West Papua scholarships funding cut. It wouldn't be the same if you go there and there's not 100,000 people there. I know, I know that much. Preparations are underway for Polyfest's first fully online event. All these conversations that we're having and on social media and with our friends, um, why not share that with other people and kind of um, open up the space for others to have these safe conversations with their families and friends. And an online platform that unpacks and addresses the sometimes sensitive issues that Pacific peoples face. The Greens have called for an urgent meeting with government over the plight of 42 West Papuan students who have had their autonomous West Papuan scholarships funding cut. The students are at universities around New Zealand and the Indonesian government has decided it would no longer fund their scholarships and have ordered them home. The Green Party MP Theano Tui Ono says it makes no sense having their scholarships terminated when they are so close to finishing. He spoke with RNZ Pacific's Sri Krishnamurthy after meeting with the students. Uh, it was really great to good to meet with the with the students and to hear directly their their concerns. Um, yeah, yeah, and like them, I, I you know I'm I'm I'm, con- I'm concerned as well. Hence why we put that letter together uh, to send to the uh, to uh, to Minister Mahu to to look at different options uh, for them because um, I know it'd be very, very troubling for them as well. And then also, you know, thinking about different ways that uh, we can support them you know, around visas. Uh, student visas, but then also uh, the ongoing need for them to make sure they've got some some uh, some some funding taxes to support them as well. Why do you think New Zealand doesn't make a big enough dance about uh, West Papua? People from West Papua are Indigenous peoples. Uh, New Zealand has signed the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. We've declared that this is very important for us as us and uh, Aotearoa as well. Aotearoa is a Pacifica, uh, is a is a nation within the Pacific. There are those connections to the Pacific, um, and then of course uh, the the wider Pacific as well. And that and that is with with Papua is as well. So there's that geographical connection, that connection with Indigenous peoples' rights, and what that means in terms of our place here in here in the Pacific as well. But also, you know, a lot of the students, some of the students I talked to, like they nearly finished their their study. So it's um, why would you take the funding away from them when they're just uh, when they're nearly when they're nearly finished? They've got to, there's got to be some way to work with the government to ensure that they can complete that. Um, and so that that's important. Um, that's important as well. I, I see that there's 27 students in that position. Were they just about to complete? Yeah. So some of them are nearly there. Some of them some of them have got uh, a bit more to go, I guess. And we're not talking about about large numbers of, of students as well. Uh, but regardless, you know, we, we need to be su- su- uh, supporting um, uh, migrants as well. You know, you people who, um, there is a history in, in West Papua with the militarisation of, the, of their space as well, so sometimes it's not the safest place to go. Um, and so we see that in different places as well. So when we extend um, uh, sympathy and empathy for 
uh, for certain migrants, uh, we should also extend those to migrants, particularly when they are in our own backyard and West Papua is in our backyard. What do you make of the Indonesian government's stance to pull funding? Well, it's troubling. Um, I don't know why they why they pull their funding. Is it political? Um, is it reallocation of resources for different different uh, different issues? But I would say, why would you do it in the middle of people's um, educational pathways? Uh, why would you do that? It creates a whole lot of uncertainty for students. You know, like we were saying, some people are their part their, their partway down this educational pathway and it will nearly completed in some cases. So why would you pull the rug out from under their rug rug out from under their feet? Um, so I would hope that they would rethink that and to help people uh, 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 help people students to actually transition to get to get that work done. The only response I've been given from the Indonesian embassy is a letter stating that they were repatriating students who had failed or who weren't who weren't doing well in their studies. Uh, no, I haven't I haven't seen uh, seen that letter, and I'm not aware of you know where they are with their grades and, and stuff like that. I would be surprised if that is every single one of one of those students as well. And people could have um, good reasons why uh, they haven't been able to meet their grades as well. Uh, maybe the funding wasn't uh, wasn't enough. Maybe there wasn't uh, enough support for them. So that that's really important as well. But I would say you've got to really commit to it. And the students have committed, and um, and there's been scholarship funding to help them to commit as well. It's, you've got to be able to wrap around all that stuff around them to make sure that they got the, the accommodation stuff good, that they got enough food. Um, is language barriers is that is that an issue? And if language barriers are are, are are an issue as well, then have you put enough support in place to make sure that that doesn't become an issue? Because at the at the end of it all, what you want is to have students with strong qualifications that they can use. In their, uh, back in their home islands. Te Ono says it's asked the government for a scholarship fund to support those West Papuan students impacted by those funding decisions. Preparations are underway for Polyfest's first fully online event. It's the first time in its 47-year history that the show will go on without any crowds. I'm joined now by RNZ Pacific reporter Lydia Lewis. How big of a deal is this for Polyfest lovers? There are people who have been attending this event religiously for decades, and really it's a celebration, so the loss of community will be felt far and wide. I've spoken to a year 13 at Papatoitoi High School, Alia Shahista Ali, and she says Polyfest has been a massive part of her life. It's so beautiful to see how many groups from different schools performing too, and it's just surely to satisfaction knowing that you're going to be on a stage in front of judges. But organisers, they're still pushing on. Polyfest director Siuli Terry Leomau wants to acknowledge how tough Auckland students have been doing it, saying her team has been working around the clock to make sure the event is safe. So what will Polyfest look like now? Well, because of Omicron, the Polyfest will be a shadow of its former self, completely stripped back. Imagine stages full of students, but nobody watching, which is a stark difference to what it's been like in previous years. The number of groups has dropped from around 200 pre-COVID to now just 68. And at the moment, all teachers must be fully vaccinated, but school students, vaccinated or not, can participate. I spoke with a Pacific health expert, Dr. Api Talimaitonga. He says that's really risky and he's encouraging 
anyone who has not been fully vaccinated to do so because, of course, Omicron is still spreading. The numbers are still up there, particularly with uh, hospitalisation. So in response to Omicron, organisers have taken away crowds, but what do Polyfest lovers think of the move? Well, I spoke with Sunny Hayossi, who's been attending for 18 years, watching his four daughters take the stage. He's in two minds about it going ahead. When you go to Polyfest and you can't move around, and that's from the time you get to the gate, which is pretty much packed on the side of the streets feeding into the Polyfest, right to you get to the actual stage where your child's performing. If it's not packed, then it's not really Polyfest, is it? But what he has made clear is the crowds are what makes Polyfest Polyfest. At the end of the day, this is the world's largest Pacific dance festival we're talking about here. So teams are still preparing their acts, whether they're preparing in isolation through Zoom, talking to their teammates online while they're getting ready. But they're going to be taking the stage through an online platform, performing to a screen. Dr. Thalimaitonga has a message for all of those participants. If you are unwell, stay at home. I know you've spoken with some students. What's it like for them preparing under these strict conditions? It's been really, really tough. Alia Shahista Ali, one of the students I spoke with, says about a third of her team of 30 has been in isolation so far this year because of COVID, including herself. But she says students need this boost of morale. It's really important for them to get on the stage and showcase their culture. So it's just really nice knowing that we are definitely performing in front of judges and that we will be able to have the stage to ourselves and give the best that we have. Aliyah Shahista Ali is just one of the hundreds of students taking part. Her team is a Fijian group and they're focusing on Fijian history. Now, I can't reveal much more because it is a competition at the end of the day. But what I can say is Aliyah is proud to showcase the diversity within her culture. She says the students in her team are strong wahine and believes that they will take the stage despite the challenges COVID-19 has thrown at them. Thank you, Lydia. And anyone wanting to watch Polyfest online this year, you can now head to their website next Wednesday. Taboo Talk is an online platform that unpacks and undresses the sometimes sensitive issues that Pacifica peoples face. Using informal talanoa, Tabu Talk brings together people from all walks of life in the Pacific community in Aotearoa to share their experiences and thoughts on these issues. Tabu Talk was created by two sisters, Emmeline Pickering-Martin and Ray Dawn-Martin. I spoke to Emmeline and asked why the platform was created. So the platform was created... Um because I was seeing a whole lot of conversations happening online and we were having conversations with our friends that were a little bit different to what we were seeing in the media, Um, a little bit deeper and kind of uh, nuanced uh, to everyone's individual lives. And I thought that everybody kind of needed to hear these conversations because they were around things that, you know, we don't get to see in Pacific media very often, um, things that would be considered a little bit taboo, like sex and um, religion and those sorts of things that we don't push the boundary on a lot when we're talking uh, within our own families. And I figured all these conversations that we're having in, on social media and with our friends, um, why not share that with other people and kind of um, open up the 
space for others to have these safe conversations with their families and friends or to bounce off our ideas and kind of explore things for themselves. Often people forget that the Pacific is not only just made up of Polynesia, which is always the thing, and that actually there is Micronesia and Melanesia. So I love that there was representation across the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. We really tried to do that um, purposefully because we know how, um, you know, with the population numbers in Aotearoa especially, um, it's very Samoan-centric and Tongan-centric. So it's we really did try our best to ensure that we got people from all around the Pacific. And, you know, we still have a long way to go. Already, um, our kind of reach is only so far, but we're trying to get more people on board. And our um, advisory team has people from everywhere, from Guam to um, Hawaii to PNG to the, uh, the Solomon. So we're kind of, we have really good advisors. It's just a matter of um, finding people and getting them on the couch with us. I wonder too, just what, in terms of some of the topics that you have had, what were the ones that drew a lot of comments from, um, you know, a lot of our Pacifica community? Yeah, we've had um, lots of feedback on on everything, but um, Christianity and sex has been pretty much our biggest, yeah, we've had the biggest lot of feedback from everywhere across the board, social media, in person, um, from universities and high schools. We've had um, lots of people emailing in and also our episode about blackbirding. Lots of people didn't know we had blackbirding in the Pacific. And so we've had heaps of feedback about that. Um, so yeah, those are two of the biggest, I would think. Um, in terms of response from our communities. And I guess to um, have people kind of asked you about maybe topics that they were quite keen to hear about? Yes, I've had lots of um, people sending in suggestions. And so we're really excited to be able to um, explore some of those. We have a season three coming out really soon, which is Pacific in Media um, and our a panel for that, uh, people that all work in media, mainstream media in Aotearoa. So we've got um, Indira, who is on breakfast. Uh, we've got Mariner Whaingawa Muller, who has skipped around a couple of places, and Terina Tripanelli, who is currently working for the New Zealand, New Zealand Herald, and myself. So um, lots of telling about that. We have a Rainbow Pacific panel coming up as well, um, which will talk about some really interesting things. And we've also got a young people's panel, so our under 18s that we are looking to film very soon as well. So um, a little bit more coming from us, but so many suggestions from our communities and I'm so excited that people are um, invested, I guess, in, in our ideas. Emmeline Pickering-Martin. And that's Pacific Waves. For more on our content, go to our website, rnzi.com. I'm Moritz Wheeler-Epitela. Tofasui fua.